again, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Not So Humble Bradcast right here on CKCC Radio. As always, I am your host, Chris O'Mealy. This is episode number seven. We are actually recording this on, can you believe it, guys, the 20th of February. That just doesn't sound real to me. I'm sorry. It's not. It's not real. February's not almost over yet. And the best part is we get an extra day of February this year, but who's counting? I'd like to welcome my guest for this edition of the Not So Humble Bradcast, somebody who I have known for in excess of 25 years. We are old and we're feeling it in our bones these days. He is a travel enthusiast. He is a level 50 Pokemon Go trainer. That's right, folks, level 50. And he and I share a connection to the wonderful, wacky world of professional wrestling. Please welcome my longtime friend, Rich Locasio. Hey, Chris, how are you? It's been a long time, my friend. It's been it's been a long time, but also it really hasn't been that long, if you think about it. That's true. Uh, you said we're getting old, so I mean, uh, you know, it's I, I, I'm feeling it every day myself. So. Every day, <laughs> roll out of bed, I just feels older and older. I don't know how we're doing it, and I don't yeah. know who thought it was a good idea for us to be grownups. By the way, I'm still trying to figure that one out. I don't know, but I tell you what, I'm enjoying it every single day. That's right, man. That's what we're doing. We're out here. We're we're making content. We're having fun, and we're gonna have yes. fun today because it's been a while since you and I talked. We uh, we knew each other from back in New Jersey. You have since relocated to the Midwest. Yeah, I've been out here in Wisconsin now for eighteen years. And eighteen years. Uh, yeah, I know it's re- it's remarkable because it's like I, I was out in Jersey for so long. I lived out in Jersey for twenty years. You and I met each other. Um, I'm trying to think. The earliest that we met each other is probably ninety eight. Does that sound about right? Give or take, I would say that's probably pretty yeah. accurate. So, yeah, I'd moved to Vernon in February of 98, and, you know, I was out in Vernon for four years before I moved yet again, because our family, on average, moved every one, you know, every four years. So, um, so I didn't graduate in Vernon. I really wanted to, but um, eventually, uh, you know, had a, a brief stint in the military. I, was, I served in the U.S. Navy and, uh, you know, moved out to Wisconsin. I love it out here. The people out here are great. The only thing I don't like, and this shouldn't surprise anybody, is the weather. But today, I can't <laughs> complain about that one bit because it was actually 50 degrees today. I was going to ask, that's got to be one of the colder states out there because I've got friends that live in Michigan and Minnesota. So mm-hmm. I'm sure it's very Minnesota. similar. And you're you're right on the lake, aren't you? Or you're pretty close to yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, Racine is right off of Lake Michigan, so on, on, the, uh, on the western bank of Lake Michigan. So... I lived in Kenosha, which is just south of Racine for 10 years, uh, moved to Racine eight years ago. And like I said, the people are great. Uh, just just the atmosphere is great. And we're not too far from Milwaukee as well. So uh, I worked in Milwaukee, a few different jobs up in that area. I would say probably about a 40-minute drive, maybe 45 minutes. You're on the right side of the lake to avoid the lake effect snow, right? No, I'm on the, yeah, the left side. The right side is where they get most it's of where the lake they get it. snow. So Western Michigan, for sure. Oh yeah, my yeah. Gosh. So yeah. at least you're on the correct side and you're not getting buried under all of that. Because yeah. my friends that live in Buffalo, I've seen their pictures. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so yeah. I, I'll tell you this quick story. So um, Don Rose and I are colleagues at WRJN Radio. And um, we had talked about what we call the Great Storm of 2011, where – over the span of 24 hours, we got 30 inches of snow dumped on us. It was Oof. ridiculous. Everything was shut down. At the time, I worked at Carthage College, 
And uh, the people that I worked with in the admissions office were like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. It's not going to shut down. The school hasn't shut down ever since I've been here. It's, you know, everything's going to stay open. We're going to be fine. Well, after 30 inches of snow, it doesn't matter if you're used to it or not. Everything shuts down. As a matter of fact, my street that I lived on didn't even get plowed until the next day at 10 o'clock at night. Jeez. It was ridiculous. So, <laughs> Well, I guess that's the uh, the trade-off to living in one of the snowier states. But wherever you go, there's something. It's hurricanes, tornadoes, smog, you know, pit, you know it's just earthquakes. You know, poison, I guess you could say. Earthquakes, reptiles, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Yeah, there's nowhere you can go in the United States that you're safe from a thing. I feel right. like there's always something. There's always something. That could be pretty much anywhere in the world. I mean, I guess if you wanna if you wanna just truly avoid the snow, just move to the equator. If we're only that easy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so your journey has taken you out to Wisconsin. Yes. But you're a bit of a travel enthusiast, I believe. I am. Yes. So first things first, I got to ask you the big question. Road trip or fly? Road trip, 100%. Road trip, 100%. Because you have the capability of determining where you stop, you know, what route you take. You know, you can be as creative. You can take as much time as you need to. Great example of that is uh, my girlfriend and I went down to Florida to visit my family for the holidays. And we drove down. Now, I've done that drive once before. It's about, without stops, it's about 21 hours. And what I do is I break everything up. So typically every three to three and a half hours, I'm taking a stop. I'm stretching my legs. I'm using the bathroom. I'm grabbing something small to eat and then, you know, topping off the gas tank and I'm back on my way. And then next three hours, I'll go and then I'll stop for a meal break, stop for at least an hour and then so I break everything up in stages after 12, maybe 13 hours of driving in a day. I shut it down. You know, I stop at a hotel. So typically where we stop is uh, Marietta, Georgia, or as the locals call it, Mayretta, Georgia, <laughs> uh, just outside of Atlanta. You know, you just shut everything down. Make sure you get at least eight hours of sleep. Make sure you're hydrated. Um, I take with me uh, magnesium glycinate, which is good at calming your nerves and uh, calming your muscles after, you know, a strenuous day like that. Because, I mean, driving for that long, it may sound easy, but you're constantly having to focus for such a long period of time that you got to give your mind, your body rest after Absolutely. A, a, a day like that. You know, the old adage is if you don't take the rest, your body will tell you when it's time to rest. And it's yes. not going to be at a time that's convenient for you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We'll talk, we'll talk more about wrestling as we move into part two here, but that's also good advice for you young wrestlers out there. Remember to take your rest. Same philosophy applies to road trips. Okay. So, absolutely. We, so we've established road trip over flying. Do you have any aversions to flying or you just not really a fan or you just prefer the road trip? I just prefer the road trip. I'm not, you know, afraid of flying or anything. I will tell you a quick story, though. So uh, the last company that I worked for, uh, based in Milwaukee, um, I worked with a client that did a trade show in Miami in March. And who's going to turn that down, first of all? So went down there for a couple days, stayed in a nice place, you know, walked on the beach in the morning. I, you know, I took it all in, did the trade show for several hours, and, 
you know, got something to eat that night. And so I was walking my old filming locations for Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Nice. And there's something about Mary and just, you know, just stuff like that. It's like, you know what? I'm just taking this all in. So um, the bad part about it is, as you could probably figure, leaving. I missed my connecting flight in Charlotte back to Milwaukee. So I got make a long story short. I got stuck in Charlotte, North Carolina. I stayed at the airport overnight trying to figure out how the heck I'm supposed to get back up to Milwaukee. Thank goodness. I got a connecting flight at nine o'clock in the morning was back in Milwaukee by noon central time. And I was just completely exhausted because I was so sleep deprived going back to what we were talking about before. So you should have asked Ric Flair to stay at his place. Didn't have his number on speed dial. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Although you're you're probably the wrong gender for Ric Flair's preferred overnight guests. Hey, you know assume. what? That makes a heck of a story, though. Like if you know, you know, Show hey, Hanks, what's Rick going on, Rich Lacasio? How are you doing? Who are you? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> be even better if you knew his address and he just randomly showed up. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Could you imagine, right? <laughs> yeah, I have a feel the same way about flying. It's not my favorite. I don't have like a fear of it or anything. I just always feel like airports are more of a pain than they need to be. And I know that ever since 9-11, that's just been the way airports are because I flew yeah. several times that summer. And then after 9-11, the next time I flew, I s- could feel the difference right away, mm. you know, with all the regulations and everything. And I understand it, but I agree with your point. I like the road trip better because like you said, you pick and choose everything that you do. And Absolutely. I just got a new car right at the end of 2019, so I was really excited to take it on its first road trip. Plus, I got to choose to drive through Charlotte, as you mentioned, because I have two friends that live there. So I did my overnight in Charlotte, finished the drive the next day. Mm. And it was kind of fun seeing how far I could get, not just on a tank of gas, but also to see how my bladder and my stomach were going to handle that, too. And I discovered that my nice new car could make it very far, but it got to the point where I was like, okay... This is great that the car is making it this far, but I'm not gonna. It's time for food. So you did the Kramer test. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Actually, the first leg of the trip, which was only a little over seven hours, I only made the one stop. Granted, it was a long stop, but it was the only one I needed. And then when I got to the hotel, then it's like, all right, this is good. I, I made it here. And uh, I saw a cow being wrangled on the median of the highway. In South Carolina at 7 in the morning. So I, I got to add that to my road trip bingo. That's something I never thought I'd see. <laughs> two cop two cop cars at 7 a.m. because I got a nice early start. And they're getting a cow off the median of the highway. So That's that's an incredible story. Yeah. It's like you would expect something just what more most people deal with on the highways and everything. Yeah. Like, for example, you know, people tailgating you, people tailgating. just being – I got to go somewhere. And they're flying past you going 90 miles an hour. Trucks of every variety. Some of them going way too fast. Some of them going way too slow. And South Carolina, for those of you out there who want to be road trip veterans like us, South Carolina is very bad at pulling over out of state plates. They love that because they know Mm. they can ticket you and you're not going to do anything to fight it. Because you won't see one cop in North Carolina or Georgia, but the second you cross the South Carolina border, you'll see five in the first ten minutes. So when I just saw the keep cop, it in the like, back of your mind, yeah. as far as like, yeah, you know, just keep it in the back of your mind, as far as like, if you're out of state, 
like, for example, me being in Wisconsin, if I go down to Illinois, if I go to Minnesota, if I go to Iowa, for whatever reason, if I go to Michigan, I'm expecting, I'm just in the putting in the forefront of my mind, okay, maybe I'll go 10 over at the very most. If yeah. I know it's a place where I can easily get pulled over, five over, because cops aren't really going to pull people over going five over because they got better things to do. No, so. that's not who they're looking for. But they also know that the out-of-staters are the ones – they want the speeding out-of-staters. Absolutely. Let's ask a couple of the road trip questions, Rich. All right. Road trip snacks. Ooh. Um, so nothing messy. So um, thinking like protein bars are a good option because okay. they'll keep you full. Um, bananas are a good option because they'll prevent you from having to go to the bathroom on a regular basis. Um, also good for the potassium, especially if you're one of those people that don't hydrate enough, you got the potassium in your system that will prevent any kind of like Charlie horses or uncomfortable, you know, muscle strains or anything like that. So that's a good option as well. Yeah. Especially when you're in the car for that long period of time, you don't want muscle cramps. That's the worst feeling. Oh no, no. A Charlie horse when you're driving is just unbearable. And it's like, you know, it's it's like something out of a movie. You know, you you might start start swerving or you know across the road and everything. Nobody wants that. So my go to, and it's not really a snack, would be um, sandwiches by far. Cause, okay, because they're easy. You grab them out of the cooler. Make sure you pack plenty of water with you mm-hmm. as well. So, um, so yeah. As far as snacks go, protein bars are good. Bananas are good. Um, yeah. nothing that's going to, you know, make a lot of crumbs or get, Cheetos. You know, get stuff on your, yeah, that's a bad idea. Yeah, that's, that's, Cheetos are a idea. terrible idea. Yeah. Pretzels are okay though. Pretzels make me sleepy though. So I, tr- I try to also make you thirsty. Yes, that's true. So we've talked about the road trip snacks. So obviously you got to eat, you got to get gas and everything. What are some of your favorite places to stop? What are the, the chains that you look for or just the, the well-known brands that you prefer? The top of the list, and I am thrilled that they are coming to Wisconsin very soon, is Bucky's. I, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew it. As soon as you said, I'm so excited that they're coming, I'm like, he's either going to say Bucky's, it has to be Bucky's. Yes. So, um, so the, the two that we stopped at during this last Florida trip, the one in Warner Robins, Georgia, on the way there, and then we stopped at that one, and then the one in Calhoun, Georgia. On the way back. Yeah, on the way there, we stopped at Warner Robins, and then both of them on the way back in Georgia. So April had never been. Uh, April's my girlfriend. And when she walked in there and saw the gift shop and saw the food and saw all the vendors with the brisket and the fudge and the soft drinks and the beaver nuggets, and the list goes on and on and on, she's like... Oh my gosh, you weren't kidding about this place. This place is huge. Yeah, I'm thrilled that they're coming to Wisconsin. It's a little bit out of the way for me, but if I'm heading out to, say, like the Madison area or Wisconsin Dells and they're open, I don't mind making an out-of-the-way excursion for for Bucky's. There you go. I mean, Chris, you and I are from Jersey, Wawa, when we're down in Florida. Of course. It's always it's all about Wawa. The problem is now that I live in Pennsylvania, I've discovered Sheets and there's oh, a there's traitor. a war between Sheets and Wawa <laughs> that I discovered. You can't. You are you are denying your Jersey heritage. <laughs> no, I'm not because I still call it Taylor Ham and that's the right way to pronounce it, folks. 
Amen. Yes. <laughs> okay. I, I will admit I did go to sheets once and just to see what it was all about, but I will never ever betray my beloved Wawa because this last trip I went to t- Wawa and I'm not kidding a total of five times on the trip. There you go. So the only thing is where I live, there's just way more sheets than there are Wawas. I think Lancaster, okay. Pennsylvania has two Wawas that I'm aware of, possibly three, Okay. But, but I can name at least five sheets, and that's just the ones that I know in the direct area. And I and I do the thing on the app where I choose the good sheets over the closest sheets because no offense to the closest sheets, but you kind of suck. <laughs> we have something similar out here in Wisconsin. It's called Quick Trip uh, with a K. Okay. And I, they're good. They have they have good stuff. Uh, they're really known for their uh, their baked goods. So any kind of cookies, any kind of donuts, stuff like that. Um, and they, you know, they have them in boxes and everything like that, ready to go for when you get up to the counter, it's like, it's sitting right there on a table. It's like, yeah, yeah, I probably should. But, <laughs> um, but, but you put, and, and this is going to sound really crass to Wisconsinites, Wawa versus Quick Trip, there is no comparison. Wawa is superior by far. All right. You're on the road. Yes. You're hungry. You mm-hmm. got to make you got to make the fast food stop because it's just the it's just the easiest convenience thing as opposed to the gas station. What's the go-to? It's tough because it's like you can go you can go to McDonald's or Burger King or Taco Bell or Wendy's anytime anywhere. So when like for example, if I'm going down to the southern part of the country, I'm stopping at Zaxby's, I'm stopping uh, at Bojangles, yes. I'm stopping okay. at Bucky's if there's one in the area. If there's a Bucky's 30 miles away, I'm going to just march, you know, march right on through and and get over there. Gotcha. Doesn't matter how many people are parked in the parking lot. <laughs> and so uh, I'm trying to think what other ones. I've never been to Crystal yet. That's something that it's on my bucket list. Have you been to I White mean, Castle? Oh, without question. There's White Castles up here in Wisconsin. They're Do down you in like Illinois. White Castle? Yeah, yeah. White Castle's good. Every so often, not as a regular stop. You will not like Crystal. I'll just say that. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad that we're Crystal is Crystal is cheap White Castle. Ooh. That's, all, that's all it is. Try it. D- j- try it once. Let me know what you think. But I'm okay. going to tell you right now, don't raise your expectations. Okay, not, fair enough. Not for Crystal Burger, because they had one in Orlando. <laughs> I tried it one time, and I was okay. very happy when I learned that Orlando was getting a White Castle. Not that I live there anymore, but I still visit regularly. So. <laughs> and they also have a Wawa now, so good for them. They're, hey, man. they're yeah. coming around. I, I, I did try Zaxby's one time when I was living in Florida, and I really liked mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. If you're going to like Texas, you're going to try Whataburger. If you're on the West Coast, you got to go to In-N-Out. You got to go to the places you don't normally have. I went to uh, Whataburger when I was out in Arizona at one point. So I've done that. Never been to In-N-Out. Never been to Jack in the Box. Um, I'm trying. To, there's one on the tip of my tongue. I just keep forgetting. Uh, Hardee's or Carl's Jr. <laughs> oh, we have Hardee's out here in Wisconsin. Okay. Uh, Carl's Jr. is obviously West Coast. Yeah. West same part same of the country. Same brand though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, their their menus pretty much identical. If you've had Hardee's, yeah. you've had Carl's Jr. Basically, if you're out in the Midwest, and there's actually some down in Arizona, um, I recommend Portillo's if okay. you've never been. 
uh, Portillo's is Italian beef. And uh, Gabriel Iglesias actually did a bit on this. They make what's called the chocolate cake shake. Oh, that sounds delicious. It's delicious. And don't make any plans for the rest of the day. Delicious. <laughs> one of those. Yes, noted. indeed. One of those. All right. So you've traveled around the United States quite a bit. How many states mm-hmm. have you been to? Oh, man. I, you know, it's funny. I did the count a few weeks ago. Somebody had posted something up on Facebook. I want to say I've been to more than half now. So, okay. I mean, obviously living on the East Coast initially. So, say New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, I've been to PA, Delaware, Maryland. Let's see. Never been to DC. I've been to Virginia. Um, let's see. North Carolina. Well, North Carolina doesn't really count because. I was stranded in an airport, but yeah, you didn't get to experience North Carolina. No, no, I'm not. Uh, no, that and that was a bad experience. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna leave that one off to the side for right. right now. Well, just uh, Florida, go, to, Georgia, go to Ashland and find FTR and say hi. <laughs> Florida, Georgia, uh, Tennessee, Kentucky, Alabama. Let's see, Ohio, Indiana. I know there's some okay. Illinois, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa. Let's see. Texas doesn't count because I was just in the airport, but yeah. Arizona and California. Arizona, been to California. Well. Okay. Uh, and, bo- and both Dakotas as well. North both and South Dakotas. Dakota. Okay. Yes. Okay. So yeah, you definitely sound like you've got most of them. What's the, uh, what's the one state you haven't been to yet? That's number one on the list. Well, I've been to the airport, but Texas is definitely at the top of the list. Texas. Okay. And mm-hmm. then of all the states you've been to, which one's your favorite? Florida. <laughs> Florida. You're so, a Florida for guy. Plenty of reasons for playing. I have family down there still. Okay. So, that's fair. Uh, visiting them for the holidays, Wawa, as we talked about at length already. Um, and just, you know, the warmer weather. I mean, yes, th- like we talked about before, there's drawbacks to anywhere that you live in the United <laughs> States. So with Florida, it's the the snowbirds that come down mm-hmm. in the wintertime. You have Hi, mom and dad. Work. Yeah. <laughs> You have the threat of hurricanes. You have the humidity. You have alligators, potentially large insects. You know, yeah. there's there's always something. And I and I sound like I'm the anti-tourism board for the state of Florida, but <laughs> um, but but the the reality is like that's that's how it is. But there's so many positives, and I know locals are going to say, well. You know, when you lo- when you move down to Florida, it's like you get used to it. And then when it, my mother's like, God bless her. But when she's when it drops below 65 degrees in Florida, she's wearing a winter coat. She's wearing a hoodie. <laughs> that's that's Floridian it, it for you. I nuts. <laughs> that's so we're Florida. Sit- we're sitting on the beach. I'm sitting there in a T-shirt, and a pair of shorts. Everybody else is wearing hoodies and sweatpants. And I'm like. What is wrong with you people? If there's no white stuff coming down yeah. from the sky, like that's what we're used to in Wisconsin. So I remember they tried to they tried to bust on me really bad at Disney the one morning. It was really cold. It was like 29 degrees out, and in a humid climate, 29 feels colder than it does up north because the the moisture in the air like chills you to the bone. Mm, so I came yeah. in nice and bundled up for the day, and I walk in, and they all look at me and they go, "Oh, look at you." The, thought you were from New Jersey. I'm like, it's 29 degrees out. That's cold in New right. Jersey too. Yes. 
Oh, sorry for warming up. No, you know what? Never mind. Let me take off the jacket. Let me take off the gloves. Okay. (laughs) Are we satisfied now? Come on. This is not a test of manhood. This is simply just using your head like, okay, it's 29 degrees. That's what the car thermometer is telling me. Exactly. I'm going to bundle up. It was 50 degrees here today, Chris, and I was still wearing a winter coat because you just don't know. A gust of wind and you're like, you know, start shivering like (laughs) it happens. Exactly. All right, so Florida's the favorite. Of all the states you've yes. been to, which one would you say was maybe not even your least favorite, maybe just the most boring or don't say don't say North Carolina. Let's not count bad experiences. No, no, no. no. We're 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 shelving that for okay. now. Okay, okay. You know, I, I need to give them a fair chance. Yeah. So um Iowa? I I've driven through Iowa, like it's just the one great thing about Iowa. The the largest truck stop in the world is in Walcott, Iowa. I recommend it to people that are in the state, have never been there. It's an experience. But outside of that and, you know, Casey's General Store, which we have in Wisconsin anyway, mm-hmm. I was boring. Like even, <laughs> even parts of like Minnesota driving through as you're heading up to the Twin Cities, it's boring. But Iowa just like it's a whole level of boring seth rollins just downvoted this podcast by the way all righty i want to ask was the travel aspect of your life what prompted the pokemon go playthrough uh, or is that just something that kind of came naturally because I, I i don't remember us ever talking about pokemon before no no so I was one of the fortunate few that got a chance to download the game the first day that it was released on the Google Play Store. Okay. So this was in July of 2016. And that's when everything that summer was all about Pokemon Go. So um, I'll, I'll get to the travel park and how that ties in in just a second. But I remember that summer vividly going down to the Kenosha Lakefront because obviously being on the shores of Lake Michigan and Kenosha has a bunch of history as well. So when that 70s show, that's how I know. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So people would go down to the lakefront. They'd sit there for hours upon hours upon hours, just looking for Pokemon to catch. And I did it too. No shame in that. Yeah. Um, But I met some friends along the way. Some of my best friends out here, our Pokemon Go trainers. And it's like, if you're going to dedicate that much time, energy, thought, planning, because I'm a very analytical person. If you're going to dedicate that much, you might as well go all the way. It got to the point where I'm doing community days and I'm doing go tours and I'm doing go fests and I'm, you know, doing different events, uh, not only in the area, but, you know, around the Midwest as well. And meeting people. Last year, I got the chance to meet. Um, his name is Billy. Uh, he runs a YouTube channel called the Trainer Club. So I got a chance to meet him in Naperville, where he's from. But he's always around the country, around the world, literally just promoting the game. He's one of the most well-known Pokemon Go trainers in the world. So when in Rome, if you have the opportunity to meet him, you meet him. Well, during that day, I got a chance to meet some great people. We're going around downtown Naperville doing raids, catching Pokemon, you know, sharing meals with one another. It was a fantastic experience. At that point, I'm just like, I love it, but I wish they had more of it here in Wisconsin. Like, 
I I put a pause on playing, not just because I hit level 50. I mean, that was an accomplishment in and of itself, but it was about making memories, making friends, and networking with people that, okay, I'm a level 50 trainer. There's an amount of respect and reverence that comes with that, not to put myself up on a pedestal or anything, but you have the responsibility, I'll put it that way, you have the responsibility to help out younger trainers or less experienced trainers that want to get to where you want to be and you want to help them on that journey as well. So Kenosha and Racine, it was like that for the longest time. There were Discord channels, Facebook groups and all that, but the community's become a little bit fractured now. But I tell you what, the seven years that I played religiously, I would never trade it in for anything else. That's good. I I've noticed just I mean I'm I'm a I'm pretty much a filthy casual with that game now. I think I maybe load it up once a day, do it daily, sure. and then if there's anything interesting in the vicinity, uh, the resort I strong. yep yeah the resort I work at says stop. So I generally it's like a oh, little spin and then I'm probably done. But it's a lot of fun to take it on the go when you're traveling around and see all the different places that pop up on there. I mean, Disney alone is just ridiculous. Oh, Disney and, and yeah. universal. And, but it's, it's yeah. always so much fun to send my friends gifts from Postmarks. the mummy ride yep. <laughs> or the transformers ride. Yeah. And then so, I get the message about, Oh, you're so jealous. Yeah. That's why no, that's it. a great point. That's the kind of stuff that I loved about the game. And, um, my girlfriend now, she's like, never got into Pokemon Go. And and I and I'm totally fine with that. You know, uh when I was in past relationships, they were into it, all good. But the the point is like when you have the opportunity to commemorate a moment as far as like, for example, for me last year, going to Yankee Stadium and doing raids at Yankee Stadium. I've okay, so I'm trying to remember. This is going to be a, a fairly lengthy list, but just as far as like pro sports venues, we'll start with Pfizer Forum, uh, which is where the Bucks play. You have American Family Field where the Brewers play. Um, when you go into Chicago, let's see, Wrigley Field, USL, I'm uh, sorry, not USL, it's guaranteed rate field now. Um, Soldier Field, you have um, the United Center. Uh, let's see, New York, I did Yankee Stadium. When I was in Atlanta driving down to Florida for the holidays, I stopped at Truist Park, which is the home of the Atlanta Braves. I've done Tropicana Fields. Uh, I, I know there's some that I'm missing here too, but I've also got the opportunity to um, do raids remotely from Lone Depot Park in Miami. I've uh, been to Target Field in Minneapolis. Uh, I've done uh, T-Mobile Park up in Seattle as a, re a remote raid. Uh, uh, let's see, Chase Field in, in Phoenix is one. I mean, there's plenty of opportunities. As a matter of fact, I try to spearhead that move in as far as like combining pro sports with Pokemon Go as far as like, hey, if you're at a game and there's a raid that's popping up by you because there's apps that will tell you where those raids are and you're lucky enough to find someone who says, yeah, I'll invite you to this raid then why not, right? Exactly. And that was the point of the game. It's yes. called Pokemon Go. It, go. Yes. Get go. out and, and make friends. And and I've seen some of the communities, uh, just the way they came together has been phenomenal. And yes. I, I do kind of wish that we still had some of that unity. I know maybe maybe Pokemon Go, the, the fad has kind of faded now, but I think somebody needs to come up with another game to 
bring that style back. And I know so many people have tried. They tried it with Harry Potter. They tried it with mm-hmm. Jurassic World. And it's just – it's yep. not the same thing. It's It's got to be something unique. Uh, I mean, the Pokemon Go craze – I mean, it's still going on in in certain aspects. Like when you have a big event like Sinnoh Tour that happen, that's happening this weekend, when you have something like that, people come out from all over, you know, the area, you know, go to one specific place and just start playing. You know, they get together, they make, they plan everything out. I'm a huge proponent of planning things out. You know, with being, you know, somebody that makes road trips. The one thing that drove my girlfriend nuts was the fact that I planned out every stop weeks in advance before we went down to Florida and there and on the way back. (laughs) And she's like, why are you doing this? Because it's like, well, if something happens or, you know, I want to be able to pace myself, make progressive goals. Like, that's what, you know, that's how I do. Like, that's how I'm wired. There you go. All right, guys, we're talking to Rich Lacasio here on the Not So Humble Bradcast. When we come back, we're going to talk about Rich's time working in radio and his time working in pro wrestling. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. What is going on, everybody? My name is Emerson A. Cotton, but my friends call me Adrian. You know what? You can call me Adrian. I'm the host of the Motivational Moves podcast, and I'm also the owner of Motivational Vacation. Right now, Motivational Vacations is going through a, let's just call it a rebranding period right now. But we still need your support. So this is what I want you to do. Swing by emersoncotton.intellitravel.com, sign up and register and book all your trips through that website. Don't go to Expedia. Don't go to Travelocity. Don't go to those other guys. You don't know them, but you do know me. So please. Swing by emersoncotton.intellitravel.com and book your next stay on there. And be on the lookout for news from Motivational Vacations. We're not going anywhere, we're just changing things. That's Motivational Vacations. Because sometimes you have to get lost to find yourself. Let's go, baby! Hey, what's going on? This is Anthony from the ABJ Podcast. I'm a weekly podcast that airs every Thursday at 7 p.m. exclusively on YouTube. Or you can find me on all major podcast platforms from Spotify to Apple Music to Google to, you know, pretty much everywhere. But I talk to anyone with a story. You're chasing a dream? You have a story to tell? I mean, I want to hear it. Uh, talk to anyone from the, from the art of professional wrestling to film to acting, to content creating, music, and much more. If you have a passion and you have a dream, I want people to hear about your story. So come on and join the ABJ podcast. Send me a message and we'll, we'll get an episode started right away. And I hope to see you in our chat over there on the YouTube side. Make sure you hit like and subscribe. The Not So Humble Bradcast is back on the air talking to my longtime friend, Rich Lacasio. Now, Rich, you and I share... A very interesting mutual background here. As you and I have both spent time working in radio, how did that get started for you? Um, radio, it's just something I've started uh, about three and a half months ago officially. I've done podcasts in the past um, for wrestling and other um, topics over the years. But radio, I mean, as a career, it's, it's remarkable because it was like I've always been told that I had a voice for radio. 
However, the the ironic thing is right now, I'm doing radio sales. I'm not a personality on the radio. So, you know what? If the right opportunity prevents, I'm uh, sorry, uh, presents itself, excuse me, the right opportunity presents itself, then, you know, I'll leap at the opportunity. But I mean, as far as getting acclimatized to the industry as a whole, it's really been fascinating. Like I have a lot of flexibility, like if I want to specifically target um, specific areas of southeastern Wisconsin, whether it be Kenosha and Racine, up in Waukesha, the Milwaukee area, west, uh, like into the into the county areas, more of the rural areas. I mean, I have the flexibility to do that. For example, today I was at a soft opening for an Italian beef shop that is opening officially on Monday, and I met the sales and marketing director out there, and somebody came up to me, and I introduced myself from the radio station. She's like, you have a voice for the radio. I say, well, I'm not on the air, but maybe at some point I will be, but I've, I'm loving the journey so far. And, you know, meeting some great people along the way, you know, radio veterans, people that have been in the industry for a long time, just picking their brains on different things and, and really learning how the industry goes. Cause it's like, you hear one thing on the radio, as far as like, whether you're listening to a music station, a news station, talk station, sports, et cetera. And that, but you learn more of what happens from the inside, as far as like how 30 second commercials are produced. What's the process behind that? How ads are sold. I mean, j- just so many different things, putting 30 second commercials together, which is something that I do. So doing the research, it, it, you know, it's, it's a really fascinating process. Yeah, I think the most fascinating thing about it for me was kind of learning the difference between the like the morning spot and the afternoon spot and why yeah. why everybody has a morning show but the afternoon spot was always dedicated to music playing and like it's kind of hard to explain if you're not really in the industry but like it's it's a lot of it has to do like what you said with with ad revenue and just, you know, the the marketing factors behind all that. I mean, everybody's got a morning show. Yeah. And a, that's a great tie-in for this. So uh, I'll give it a brief introduction of who I'm a part of. So I'm part of an organization called Civic Media. They're the largest privately owned radio station network in the state of Wisconsin. We have 20 stations all throughout the state. So I represent officially WRJN, which has been around now for 97 years. It's remarkable, their history. Since Civic Media acquired WRJN last year, their focus has been more on local. Don Rosen, who was uh, a morning show on WRJN years ago, has come back. Uh, Lou Regani, who was on a different radio station in Kenosha for 32 years, does uh, a, a Sunday morning show where it's big band standards from the 40s and 50s. It's a five-hour program, and that's not just broadcast on WRGN, but it's broadcast all throughout the state. And the the most interesting is the, it gets people talking. It gets people interested in what's going on in their local community, what's going on around the state, as you mentioned, with the afternoon programs as well. And then the other great thing is, uh, speaking specifically for WRJN, is we'll have the Brewers game on. Uh, the Brewers game's on starting this Saturday with spring training starting up. All the regular season games, we carry the Milwaukee Bucks, we carry the Wisconsin Badgers, Green Bay Packers during the fall. So, you know, having that and then tying it in together with a local presence, it just it connects on so many different levels. See, it's funny because I'm thinking you're actually out there like doing DJ work or something and that's how your voice got recognized 
But yeah, but it's really the sales career that that really launched it. Like I've worked in call centers. I've done car sales. I've done, you know, cold calling B2B, B2C. Uh, it's it's really interesting. And and just how that's evolved, that skill set has evolved over the years to where when I came into civic media, like they understood that I'm very process driven. And I love that because it's like, I need to have a plan. I need to have a roadmap that's going to get me from point A to point B. Otherwise, I'm just, you know, shooting for a target that, I, I may hit something. I'd rather know that I'm going to hit something than get lucky and perhaps hit something. Plus, it's also good to talk to somebody in radio, too, because you, like me, are well aware of the fact that we, we know the podcasting industry has been growing, but radio mm. is is not dead. And mm-hmm. there's that's still been a, a big thing that people talk about. They're like, oh, you know, radio is dead or it's a dying medium. And it's really not. I don't believe that for one second. And I'm going to prove it to you in one statistic. 90% of adults listen to the radio at least 11 hours each week. It's, it's remarkable to think about that. But here's something you need to consider. When you're commuting, you're listening to the radio. When you're out on a drive, you're listening to the radio. If you're making a weekend trip, you're listening to the radio. Or if you're not listening to the radio, you're listening to a podcast. So again, self-promotion with civic media. But we have an app. You can listen as long as you have an internet connection on your phone. You can listen from anywhere with a mobile device, tablet, phone, what have you. The great thing is all of the programming on our stations we archive it so people can listen to it later, just in case if they have an appointment that morning or that afternoon, they miss their favorite show, then they can go back and listen to it a couple hours after it airs. Everybody got that? You just heard it right here from an expert in the industry. It's not dead. It's not dying. Drop not it. Even close. Not even not close. Not even close. So let's let's drop that. All right. So we got to talk a little bit about our connection to the wacky world of professional wrestling here. You've been a wrestling fan since as long as I've known you. When did that all start for you? When did Young Rich become a wrestling fan? Uh, The short answer is the Attitude Era. So I I think about like getting introduced to, I mean, I knew about like guys like Hulk Hogan, the Macho Man, Randy Savage, The Undertaker, you know, when I was a young kid. But I really started getting into it during the Attitude Era, Stone Cold. The Rock, Triple H, and I got hooked because it was just like it was just captivating television. It's like you don't see stuff like that on TV, or you th- back then they tried, but like this was really compelling. It's like it really just it grabbed you and just like like this doesn't happen in real life, but. I like what I see. I love the athleticism. I love the storylines, the the surprises that that come around every corner. So that's how I got hooked. And then you know, after some time, as I'm you know, as I'll mention, like it's good to know people within the industry that have done it, have paved the way for people like me, not to get in the ring as a as a competitor, but uh, as a ring announcer. You know, I I I leapt at the opportunity. So it's it's just an amazing experience. You don't want to take bumps, trust me. <laughs> been there, been there, done it. It hurt. <laughs> Can't do it anymore. Don't want to do it anymore. I maybe for the right, maybe for the right person, Ricardo. Don't pay any attention to anything I just said. <laughs> don't start getting ideas. What was the first show you ever attended? 
the first show I ever attended. Ooh, I think. Okay, so there was a house show that NXT did. It was back in I want to say 2016. So I I I, I shouldn't know it better than I I do right now because <laughs> I've been uh, I've been going to shows for so long, but. Uh, NXT did a house show at the Turner Hall Ballroom in Milwaukee, and I went. Like it was kind of low key. Like Turner Hall's it's an it's an old establishment, and you know, uh, you know, NXT came in there like th- nobody really knew what to expect. NXT then is not like what NXT now. Like it was developmental in in the truest sense. Like so. You know, you have guys like Enzo and Cass. You had Sami Zayn. You had Tommaso Ciampa, who's your, which ironically are now, you know, you look at Sami Zayn, Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano. Like these are mainstays on WWE television, but back then, like they were still up and coming superstars within the realm of NXT. Uh, when uh, the when I was there, Finn Balor was the NXT champion, so he's part of the Judgment Day. So the coolest experience from that show, uh, I went with a, uh, a bunch of my friends, and we ended up staying at the Hyatt Regency in Milwaukee after after the show because it's like we were going to be going up to Green Bay for their show the next day and then going down to Chicago the following day. So I'm about to crash for the night. I've had a great experience in Milwaukee. Turner Hall was great. Kevin Owens showed up out of nowhere, which was ridiculous. And my buddies. You know, he's a night owl. So he's he's sitting down in the lobby. He's got his Bailey shirt on. He's like, oh, you know, it, this is usually the hotel that they stay at. So I'd love to meet some of them. So nobody stayed at the hotel. However, somebody let him know that there was a bunch of wrestlers at the George Webb a block down the street. So he calls me. He's like, dude, they're here. And I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? He's like, Finn and Enzo and Cass and Tommaso. And I'm like, are they downstairs? He's like, no, they're at the George Webb. I'm like, where is that? It's a block away. I said, I'll be down there in two minutes. So I quit contrast. We headed over there and we didn't want to make it weird. We're just sitting there. We're just eating some French fries. And then finally got the gumption to get up, thank them for a great experience that night. And we ended up getting a picture with Finn, Enzo and Cass and Tommaso, which it's it amazing experience. You know, and that's just it. As long as you're respectful, you're not barging in while they're trying to eat and everything. Oh no. You're and you treat them with respect and you treat them like humans. Yes. They're very responsive to that. Most of them are. The ones who are jerks are always going to be jerks. Let's Yeah. There, there's a lot of them in wrestling folks. I hate to break it to you. But it's law of averages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when you're when you're polite to them and you treat them with respect, um use an example here. I know he's not the most popular guy on the wrestling planet these days, but CM Punk, he's a very mm. polarizing figure in wrestling. Quite. But but he's always been the guy, and since I've met him myself, when you approach him with that respect, he's very respectful back, And but if you treat him with disrespect, he throws it right back. So yes. I can't fault him for that. You know, say whatever you want about the guy and his his talent or whatever, but honestly... That's kind of the way it should be. And I've heard the same thing about other wrestlers from Triple H yeah. to Undertaker. And I'm like, but you know what? They don't have to give you respect if you're going to be jerks to them. So no, that, that's no. a lesson for you folks out there. Speaking of punk, I was at the first ever AEW collision at the United Center when he showed up at the beginning of the show and did his whole 10 minute spiel. And oh, yeah. 
That was insane, by the way. I had some choice words. I mean, you couldn't hear me because I was all the way up in the upper level, but still, like, I had some choice words. But, you know, everybody has their own opinion. You know, if I got the chance to meet him, I'd be respectful to your point, Chris, as far Mm -hmm. as like, you know, you treat these people with respect. You don't want to make it weird because... Enough people you know do that. Yeah, enough people do that. It's like, you know, yeah, you want to be starstruck. That's fine. They appreciate that, I'm sure, as long as you don't make it weird. Some of my favorite videos are like young AJ Lee meeting Lita and just crying. Like I've that, seen that video, yeah. Like that passion that comes out there. So mm-hmm. who are your favorites? Um, right now, Cody Rhodes. And um, I, I'm just thinking like, okay, looking at different promotions, so – my girlfriend would hate me if I said anybody other than Cody Rhodes. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually got her on wrestling. So how that started was we met. And then a few weeks later, um, I ended up doing a guest ring announcing spot uh, for Brew City Wrestling's Rise to Honor 19. It was a raffle that I won, ironically. It's not like, oh, well, Rich will do this. Like, no, I legitimately won the opportunity to be a guest ring announcer for their biggest show of the year, their anniversary show. And it was an unsanctioned match. So they needed an, you know, a guest ring announcer, guest referee, none of the, the typical signage aprons, all that. And these two guys just beat the ever loving out of each other. (laughs) And, you know, I call, you know, I did the introductions, I told people that were parked on the grass that they had to move their car, and I called the winner of the match. So, I mean, <laughs> there you go. So, so, April got hooked on that. She's like, Oh, I love this. Like, we went to see the Royal Rumble at my friend's house. She's like, Is this how it typically is? I'm like, Kind of. But uh, she got hooked. She became a huge fan of Cody Rhodes. And yeah, the rest is history. Okay. So, Cody, so, uh, what so about Cody? Um, so growing up, it was always the rock, which right now it's a really sorted situation because the rock is being old school corporate, you know, nation of domination. Uh, the heel rock, rock is so good. Oh, yeah. So good. Hollywood rock from 2003. You can't go, you can't go wrong with that. And it's just a hybrid of all three of those. So it's really interesting. Uh, I mentioned Enzo and Cass. Uh, I got the chance to meet them. Um, just thinking about some other people. I, I got a chance to meet Danhausen. That's pretty cool. So, are you uh, a Fanhausen? I am a Fanhausen. <laughs> so good. when you when you get an autographed picture of him and he signs it to Richhausen, it's like there's nothing you, you can't beat that. Well, and then I, I, uh, I made the joke. I made the joke that he cursed me because. The next day, I ended up getting a suntan, and I just blamed it on him because it was convenient. So I got cursed we, by Danhausen. We, we bought we bought uh, Dan Peck, who runs the channel with me. Uh, we bought yeah. him a cameo of, from Danhausen for his birthday, and he starts it by going, "This is for Danhausen." Then he goes, "Ah, wait, this doesn't work. This is for Dan Peckhausen." <laughs> And the uh, best part was because, like, a bunch of us chipped in to pay for it. So he read all of our names and got tongue twisted on them, which made it mm-hmm. even funnier. But he did the whole thing in full makeup and character. And I'm I'm now convinced, even though I know what he looks like otherwise and I've seen him out of character, I'm just convinced yeah. that that's just him 24-7 at this point. Uh, other people that I've met um, that I'm fans of, I met uh, Platinum Max Caster from The Acclaimed. I love Max Caster. Oh, Fantastic. Um, let's see who else I met sky blue. I met Jay lethal. Uh, just, just thinking about some, you know, people that are still going right now. Somebody that I haven't met that's really big right now is LA Knight. I'm wearing the shirt. So, I mean, you know, that's got to tell you something there. 
I've had the good fortune over the years to meet so many people within the industry. One of my good friends, um, he's a promoter here in the area, was in the AWA, Frankie the Thumper DeFalco. And um, he was built out of Syracuse, New York, big guy, like, you know, 280 pounds. Like he'd go toe to toe with guys like Shawn Michaels and Kurt Hennig. Um, he was in the WWF, uh, you know, doing matches with Andre, the giant of all people. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's cool. Like, so, you know, um, he just recently had his retirement match last month at, uh, rise to honor 20 for Bruce city wrestling. So, He's still going to be promoting. He's still bringing up the next generation of, of wrestling talent here in the Midwest. And it's just, it's remarkable that, you know, you know, you, you get to forge a, a friendship with, with somebody like that. Tell the story of how you became a ring announcer. So, uh, as I said, really well connected. It's good to know people within the industry. So, uh, my buddy Scott Wisniewski, who went by the name Hotshot Scotty Williams, he is in the Wisconsin Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. So, I worked with him in an office job in Bayview, which is a neighborhood in the southern part of Milwaukee, for uh, almost two years. And didn't know that he was into wrestling until maybe about three months in where we started talking about it. I'm like, oh, you're into wrestling. Oh, that's cool. And then we start just, you know, just having conversations. And he invited me out to shows like, yeah, I, you know, I'm a ring announcer, you know, for Bruce City Wrestling, for Legacy Pro Wrestling, for MIAW, ACW, you know, the list goes on and on because he's so connected with the the entire eastern Wisconsin. Like, uh, I shouldn't even say eastern Wisconsin. He'll do shows out in La Crosse, too, and in Eau Claire. Like it just, it's remarkable what he's done over the years. So there was a charity show that happened September of 2022. And another one of our mutual friends, Lane, who is a professional wrestler, uh, goes by the name Jiggy Jack Spade. Um, <laughs> what a great name. On, that is a great name. You can't go wrong with that. So, so the three of us are sitting uh, after hours in the office on a Thursday night, because typically Scott would work until like 10, 11 o'clock at night you know, just doing admin work because he was our general manager. So they get on the subject of this charity show that's happening in West Bend and they need a ring announcer. So Lane inexplicably is just like, why doesn't Rich do it? And I'm like, what? Like, I've never done this before. Like, you can't be serious. And and Scott's like, no, you can do it. Like, I don't even know the first thing about like, I've seen it on TV. I've been to so many different shows over the years, but like, like, there's got to be a method to it. Well, we'll show you how to do it. Well, how hard is it? It's not hard. Uh, okay, I, I'll, I'll open to it. Should we tell them that you're interested? Only if you think that I can do it, we think you can do it. And you're not pulling my leg. No, we're serious about this. All right, th- you know, throw my name out there. If they're interested, then we'll talk about it. So they were interested. I ended up doing a charity show. And on that show, I got the good fortune of introducing Eugene to the ring and also from TNA Wrestling, PCO. That's cool. As a matter of fact, PCO came up to me after the show was over. He's like, this is the first time that you've ever done this? And I said, yes. He's like, you made everybody look like rock stars tonight. You're really good at this. Keep doing this. And that's all the vindication that I needed. So I, I got the chance to do other shows for other promotions. I got to be a ring announcer slash general manager, I guess you could say. Basically, I was the guy in charge because the normal guy in charge wasn't there and I was filling in for him. So, you know, they told me, okay, this is what's going to go down. Referee is going to get attacked. You're going to 
you know, you're going to go out there, you're going to lay down the law. And again, are you sure that I can do that? Yeah, you can do this. I didn't know when I got to the building, I found out that I was the the guy in charge that night. So I thought I was just ringing out. <laughs> so it could be a lot of fun to be the authority figure. I remember uh, I'm not going to say the name of the promotion because I don't want to sure. make them I don't want to make them look bad. But OK, I went up and I did the heel commissioner and my buddy Ooh. John wrestled. And okay. then afterwards, the guy came up to us. He said, you guys, you guys killed it out there. You were the absolute best two on the show. And mm. John and I kind of looked at each other. We're like, well, we saw what the rest of the show looked like. That really wasn't the best compliment in the world. <laughs> because well, we, we you learned. Have a, you have to have a high mark of some kind. And if you're yeah. in the topic of conversation, as far as what the high spot of the show was, then take the W. Just take yeah, the yeah. W. And- I, fu- I fired the referee and got tremendous amount of heat. They're like, you had the most heat on the show. I'm like, well, a lot of your other guys didn't. But, you know, it is it is what it is. But I won't say their names because some of them are actually doing really well now. So kudos to them. The rest of them. Let's protect the innocents, yes. None of, none of y'all ever heard of the rest of them. But, <laughs> yeah, but that's pretty cool because that's – if people get started that way, they just – they know somebody and then the, the connection happens. I told the story – before on the uh, ABJ podcast, whose commercial you just heard, by the way, all about how I, meeting John in college and finding out he was a pro wrestler, and he just took me to the school, and a couple of months later, they were in need of an announcer, so I got the gig. Wait, you said he took you to the school or took you to school? Because there's a difference between the two. <laughs> He's done both. Let's just say, put it that way. He's done both. <laughs> I just want to make sure I heard you properly. <laughs> yeah, he's done both. It's fine. Oh, I'm sure he has. <laughs> it's fine. I sold for him. We're all we're all good. You're you're mostly just doing this, you know, as a hobby and everything. You know, yeah. What would you say would be a goal for you in the professional wrestling business? That's a great question. So obviously, networking with other promotions. So I think about I've, I'm going to name drop a few here for you. So just so happens this past Saturday, I did a show, it was a joint promotion between Racine Championship Wrestling and Legacy Pro Wrestling. So um, I got the call that morning, like 530. My friend Eddie, uh, also known as Xavier Mustafa uh, for Legacy Pro Wrestling. He's like, I need a ring announcer tonight. Are you interested? I said, Yes, because this is one of those rare weekends where I don't have anything going on. So uh, he's like, you know, uh, be there at three o'clock. Uh, I was there, um, you know, met met all the guys that were on the show that night, helped set up a little bit. You know, we got the rundown and everything. And I mean, it was five matches on the card, but we had a great time. It was it was Racine Championship Wrestling versus Legacy Pro Wrestling in what was called Wisco Wars. You know, each match had a point allocated to it. There was a championship match at the end of the night. We did uh, classic introductions. So it was a really fun time. It was a nice venue, too. It was the uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Community Center in Racine. So and I'd never been there before. Really nice space. So you could probably fit about 500 in there if you really wanted to squeeze them in. But yeah, we had a great time. And so to answer your question, being connected with other promotions in the area. So I've done shows for, as I mentioned, Racine Championship Wrestling, Legacy Pro Wrestling, Wrestling uh, for a Cause, Bruce City Wrestling. I would love to work up in ACW, which they do shows up in Oshkosh. And uh, my friend Scott, who I mentioned before, 
is the ring announcer up there. So that's um, Hornswoggle's promotion up in Oshkosh. So uh, I've been to uh, a few different Water City Wrestling Cons over the years. So always a great time. And I spend money that I don't have, but it's all good because... Welcome to the wrestling business, kid. Everything balances (laughs) out eventually, so... But, you know, when you have the opportunity to meet guys like I mentioned Dan Hauser before, I met Karrion Cross, I met The Godfather, I met Eric Bischoff, I met, um, oh, my God, so many different people in the business. And you have the opportunity to meet these guys. You take that opportunity and you run with it and you enjoy yourself. And it's, it's so much fun. So it's really weird when when Mick Foley's your peer. Yes. It's one of those things. It's just like. That's Mick Foley, and he and I are on the same show. It's it's a really, really cool feeling. If you could announce anybody to the ring, any match, who Ooh, would it be? Wow. Living or um, living or dead or just living? Uh, let's go with realistically. Realistically? So okay. They're, so they're still wrestling. They can be Ooh. signed to a big company. That's fine. Nobody dead, nobody retired. I mean, the, the name that's coming to mind right now is L.A. Knight. I mean, okay. Uh, just the just the mystique, the Kavorka, as he as he puts it. Yes. Okay. Um, so it, L.A. Knight, undeniable. Yes. Okay. Who's across the ring from him? Realistically, now we're just going on heel face dynamic right now. Could be anybody you want. Ooh. Well, April would be mad at me if I said anybody other than Cody Rhodes. So we're gonna go with okay. Cody <laughs> L.A. Knight versus Cody Rhodes. I mean, I'd like to see that match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Folks, we're chatting with Rich LaCassia. When we come back, Rich is going to answer your questions. Don't go anywhere. The Not So Humble broadcast will be right back. Do you feel like your voice doesn't matter? Does it feel like our leaders aren't listening? Participating in politics shouldn't be this difficult. Future is Now Coalition is here to fundamentally change politics and restore democracy, making it more transparent, accessible, and inclusive. To learn more about our mission and get involved with the movement, find us at futureisorg on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and X, or visit our website, futureis.org. That's futureis.org. When you're done with this wonderful podcast, I have a few others I think you should check out. This time with me. Hi, my name is Jeff Charles. Are you a fan of the paranormal? I am. In fact, I am a paranormal investigator. On my bi-weekly show, Real Paranormal Talk, I'll talk about some of my favorite haunted locations. Sometimes I talk aliens, sometimes I talk cryptids, and sometimes I'll even bring you along on an investigation. Not a fan of the paranormal? That's okay. What about music? When was the last time you sat down and listened to an entire album from start to finish? On ranking tracks, I do that and more. I'll give you my thoughts on each song and rank them in my personal opinion from worst to best. And once a month on Reviews by Jeff, I'll give you a mostly spoiler-free review of a movie. Sometimes a new movie out in theaters, others on a classic movie I recently watched. All this and more right here on CKCC Radio. Welcome back to the Not So Humble broadcast. Remember, you can catch us anywhere you find your favorite podcast on the CKCC Radio Podcasting Network. We are on the Apple, we are on the iTunes, we are on the Spotify, we are on the iHeartRadio. 
We're on Podbean, that's our home, and soon to be coming to YouTube. Talking to my friend Rich Lacasio about a plethora of interesting topics here, and now I'm going to turn things over to you, the listeners, and ask Rich your questions. Are you ready to answer some listener questions? Yes, sir. Fire away. All right. Our first question comes from Dan Peck, and he actually mentioned something that I didn't touch on during the interview. How do you decide on what foods or drinks to review on your TikTok? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was not prepared for that question. <laughs> but I love it. That, that's, a, that's a great starter to this segment, Chris. So, so, Dan, I tell you what, I find some interesting stuff in the stores. So I tell you what, I, I have to admit, as a Wisconsinite, I am spoiled when it comes to the food options that we have here. The neighboring town has what is called Mars Cheese Castle. That right there tells you everything that you need to know. We have um, a chain of grocery stores out here called Woodman's, and I highly recommend them if you've never been out here because Woodman's is massive. Every location is massive. And they have a ton of food options. So uh, I find some really weird stuff. Like I've been to Mars Cheese Castle. I've been to Woodman's. We have Pick and Save. We have Piggly Wiggly. We have Festival Foods. We have There's so many different options. And that's not even counting the big box stores where they sell groceries as well. You find stuff out there and it's just like, okay, this is interesting. So a lot of the stuff that I had reviewed in like 2022... Um, I did a lot of soda stuff and it's ironic because all of 2023, I did not drink soda at all. So I'm going rapid fire and like, okay, I'm going to try this and I'm going to try this. So I would consider myself to be a bit of a root beer snob. You know, I think about brands like Dang or 1919 or, you know, not just your typical Barks or A&W or Mug, like, cause you can get that anywhere, but like the craft root beers, like that's an experience. Speaking of Barks, my favorite uh, soda is Barks, but it's not root beer. It's their red cream soda. If you've ever Uh had it, you'll understand. Okay. See, I've never been big into root beer. I was when I was younger. I used to Mm. love root beer, and I used to love Mountain Dew. And I've lost my taste for both as I've gotten older. Do you have access to Fago out there? (laughs) Funny story. (laughs) That's all I had to know. Funny story, <laughs> Rudders doesn't have any anymore, and I oh, I, I made very I made very sad whoop whoop noises when I oh. I went to get a thing of Fago. I'm like, where's my Fago? This has to be a recent thing, or maybe I just caught them on a on a bad shipment date or something. But Rudders was the only chain that I found Fago out here, and maybe someone else is carrying it. I doubt Sheets because Sheets has their own brand. So yeah, I, I don't think it's them. And I that was actually one of the first things that I reviewed was Sheets Pop. Yes, Sheets Pop is very good, but yeah, Fago. I don't know what happened there. Um, I'm gonna have to contact Violent J and see what's going on. Where's my yeah? Where's my uh, Fago? Where's my Fago at? Yeah, the the rock and rise is, is something to behold. <laughs> Do you make any really interesting discoveries in your TikTok journey? Like something that really stood out that you were like, I did not expect to like that, but that was fantastic. People are so creative and they'll come up with just some of the most off the wall stuff. I'm not going to single out anything specifically because everybody has their own creative outlet. I look at TikTok as a, as a creative outlet, like 
sometimes you just need to just unleash the ideas to the masses. And like, if you want to do food reviews, do food reviews. If you want to talk about Pokemon Go, talk about Pokemon Go. I mean, that's TikTok in a nutshell right there. (laughs) Where it started for me was the lip syncing and not lip syncing music, but lip syncing clips from movies and TV shows. And people would come up to me, you know, from, from my office and be like, I saw this. How do you do that? (laughs) Um, I move my lips along with the audio from the clip. But how do you do it like so convincingly? I'm listening for just different nuances and different quirks. And I just, you know, incorporate that into my delivery. That's pretty much it. Uh, Dan's second question. What is your most interesting Pokemon Go raid story? I was at work one day. That's where we're going to start. <laughs> I was at work one day. I was on lunch and somebody invited me to a raid and I'm like, okay, well, it's a Raikou raid. Fine. Let's do that. But it wasn't the fact that it was a Raikou. It was the fact that it took place at Big Ben in London. And I'm like, dude, I'm doing this right now. So I did the raid, got the Raikou and everything. And I named it Big Ben after the location where you know, I did the raid. So you have a British Raikou. That's pretty cool. I have a British Raikou. I have I have Pokemon from Japan, South Korea. Let's see, Indonesia. Let's see, the Philippines, Singapore, India. Uh, let's see, Germany, France, Italy. Yeah, it's it's good to know people. <laughs> That's all I got to say. That's but so cool. I tell you what, as we talked about before. You know, doing raids at Yankee Stadium, like that was like everybody's watching the game and everything. And it's just like, dude, I'm catching the shadow Pokemon at Yankee Stadium. What, what you can't, you can't, there's nothing like it. <laughs> so I called it Garrett Cole. That would have been me at a Taylor Swift concert. But like, oh dear. Nobody look at me. Nobody look at me. I'm catching Pokemon <laughs> right now. Just let me be in peace, please. Let me be in peace. Yeah, I'll rock out a little bit, but hold on, hold on. Mewtwo's Mewtwo's angry right now. Oh boy. Next question. CVS's number one pharmacy tech Jeff asked this one. Please sign all your questions from the, that like now on, Jeff. Please. <laughs> you, they pay me every time I do. <laughs> do you tend to pack early before a trip or right before the trip? Um, I pack gradually. So I'll start putting stuff together maybe at the very most a week before. I would say for like a trip like the Florida trip, I you know, I start packing maybe – I would start packing about a week before. Um, it really starts getting serious about three days before. And then the last day, like right bef- – the, the day before that you leave for the trip, make sure you got all your food stuff together. Make sure that you got all your toiletries together. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you got plenty of water. Make sure you got everything that you may need without – blocking the viewpoint of rear view mirror and all that kind of stuff. Cause I mean, then you're going to get pulled over. You don't want to do that. <laughs> so just make sure you got everything that you need. Make sure, you know what? Here's something I would recommend. Make a checklist, okay. make a checklist, make sure you got the stuff that you need. I bring, um, you know, if, if God forbid, you know, you break down the side of the road or battery dies, like you got the stuff that you need, um, before AAA shows up. So, you know, it's, it's always good to have that stuff on hand, because it'll save you a whole bunch of time and a whole bunch of headaches, you know, if you're not prepared. Be prepared. That's the motto. Indeed. All right. Up and coming motivational speaker Adrian Cotton asks this next question. Do you have a certain artist or artists that have to go on your road trip playlist? 
You already know one of them, Chris, because you've known me for so long. So I'm going to kind of flip the tables on you. Uh, Who is the artist that I'm thinking of that I'm pretty sure you remember? I remember you being a Billy Joel fan. That's the one. Yes. So absolutely Billy Joel's on the playlist for me. You know, thinking about other artists, um, I got the chance to meet Skillet, which was pretty cool. So that is pretty cool. Skillet's on my playlist. Um, I got Steve Miller band. I've got Rush. I've got, I have such an eclectic taste in music. I'll listen to, you know, some of the artists that I mentioned, classic rock, you know, I'll listen to eighties, I'll listen to nineties, but then I'll get, I'll, I'll go back and listen to, you know, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Tony Bennett, uh, Louis Prima, stuff like that. So like nothing, I, I shouldn't say nothing, but most things are not off limits on my playlist. My girlfriend is trying to get me into Backstreet Boys, and that's uh, there's some resistance. Let's just say that. So, <laughs> Backstreet Boys better than NSYNC. Come at me. I, I can't deny that. <laughs> that was a that was one of those days where uh, everybody said I woke up and chose violence on Facebook because that's all I wrote. <laughs> Yeah, at least you didn't say ninety-eight degrees or something like that. Because or, they're not even Menudo in the. Or... <laughs> because ninety-eight degrees isn't even in the conversation. Come at me, bros. <laughs> All right, uh, from Mister Cotton, would you be interested in getting into the travel business or having a conversation about the travel business? This is his way of networking with you. Oh, interesting. So he's a travel okay, agent. I take it this is something. I think I, I take it this is something he does professionally. He's a travel agent. Okay. All right. I don't know. I, you know, I love my career in radio and I'm not just saying that because I'm employed by them. I'm saying that because I've, I've wanted the opportunity to be in radio officially for so long. As I mentioned before, a lot of people have told me that I have a voice for the radio. So I'm going to go with that. So, you know, what's the old saying? Don't mess up a good thing. If, if I won the lottery tomorrow, like, I don't know what I would do. I, you know, I'd travel. I would certainly travel. I wouldn't I wouldn't have as much experience as a travel agent now because I can't say that I've gone a lot of places. I've never even been outside the country yet. So I have to build up the resume. So if I win the lottery tomorrow, I would build up the resume and go from there. Okay. The author of the AWO books, Emerson Cotton, now available on Amazon. What match or matches? Would you show to someone if you wanted to introduce them to wrestling? Two specifically um, that I've actually seen live, and then I'm going to add one that I've you know seen over the years. So um, the two that I've seen live: uh, NXT Takeover Chicago, Tyler Bate versus Pete Dunne. Okay, that's a good one. For the WWE United Kingdom Championship. It was the first time that title ever changed hands, and I was there to see it. JR was doing commentary with uh, Nigel McGuinness. I love that. And it, th- that match was 15, 20 minutes of just unbelievable chain wrestling, just creativity, stuff that you've never seen before. The crowd was so into it. Uh, that was at Allstate Arena. So um, that's one that I highly recommend. The other one that I've seen live and we're coming up very shortly on the four-year anniversary of it, is Revolution 2020, uh, the Young Bucks versus Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega for the AEW Tag Team Championships. That was a mind-blower of a match because it told such an amazing story from start to finish. These guys are 
I mean, four friends, yes, they're facing each other for the tag team championships, but these guys know each other so, so well. It's one of those times where you have to agree with Dave Meltzer and say, six stars? Yeah, that makes sense. And I had the privilege of seeing that match live, not to mention the first time that the AEW World Championship uh, changed hands with Kenny, uh, I'm sorry, um, Chris Jericho and John Moxley that night as well. So that's my second match. The third match I would point to, one that I haven't seen live. I've never been to WrestleMania yet. Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania X7, for sure. All right, and then we're going to do something we tried the other... The other week with one of our previous guests, we're going to end this with the lightning round edition of questions. So instead of any long drawn out answers, let's get a couple of quick ones in here. Bring it on. Favorite ring announcer. I have to say my buddy Scotty Williams, but if we're talking about people that um, we know uh, in WWE, AEW, um, Justin Roberts. Justin Roberts. Okay. Favorite match of all time. Sean Razor from WrestleMania 10. Oh, good one. The ladder match. Yes. Very good. Okay. Favorite Pokemon? Snorlax. Hands down. Snorlax. Snorlax is my spirit animal, so. Yes. <laughs> Snorlax and I got a lot in common there. Mm-hmm. Ditto. Okay. <laughs> no, not Ditto, but Snorlax. Uh, right. Ditto's cool, too. Ditto's cool, too. <laughs> Ditto's cool, too, yeah. Favorite snack? Popcorn. Favorite beverage? My first thing was soda, but like, I know I drink a lot of alkaline water, so I'll go with that. But if uh, a close second would be a Mountain Dew kickstart to get me going in the morning. Favorite baseball player? Tino Martinez. Yes. Good answer. Good answer. Some Somewhere in this mess of an office that I have, I have a photo of him I need to hang up. <laughs> Tino Martinez. He's my I mean, all-time who- favorite Yankee. 1998 World Series, game one, and I'm listening to the radio. I'm watching the game on TV. And I, I still remember it vividly. Like, you know, Michael K's voice cracked. Is it swung on a hill cheap to right? There it goes. It's a grand <laughs> play. Like, oh, like, oh. There's just no beat in that. All right. Close second would be uh, the 95 Division Series where Mattingly hit the home run in game two. That, there's, that's my favorite home run call of all time by Gary Thorne. First country that you would visit if you got to leave the United States? I'm going to start out in the U.K., Okay. Because I don't have to I don't have to learn a second language. Um, I mean, these are people that I believe I can bond with immediately. I wouldn't mind going to a football match out there. They're gonna probably convince me to go with one club over another. Let's ride that train and see where it goes. <laughs> okay. Favorite genre of music? Um, I mean, rock is so general. Um, if we're gonna go with something specific, you know what? I love this during the summertime. There's nothing better than some yacht rock to listen to. So I got to give you some, let's see, Michael McDonald, Christopher Cross. I mean, there's so many one-hit wonders. Ambrosia, uh, I mean, Steely Dan. Uh, I mean, you know, yacht rock is, it's a vibe. If, if, If you've not listened to it consistently, you have to. And it's... It just puts you in such a good, uplifting mood. Favorite radio personality? Okay, now you're really going to throw me under the bus because I know so many people now in the industry. All right, how about somebody you don't know? Somebody that I don't know. This is kind of a cheat. I mean, he's been on radio for so many years, but I got to go with John Sterling. That's not a cheat. That's not a cheat at all. 
Well, I mean, yeah, he's been their Yankees play-by-play announcer uh, since 1989. He did it back in the 70s with WMCA. But if I had the opportunity to meet John Sterling, I yeah, I would thank him for his multiple years of service to the Yankees. And just, I mean, that's how I really started following baseball. I listened to the games on, back then it was WABC, now it's WFAN and so um, there, I mean, even now it's like, I'll listen to a game, uh, you know, while I'm watching the game on MLB.tv, I'll, I'll listen to John Sterling and Susan Waldman because that's just, it resonates with me so much because that's what I grew up listening to. Time for a few more lightning round questions. Favorite right. movie. Idiocracy. And I quoted it earlier, so that shouldn't surprise yes, you. Yes, you did. Favorite television show. Ooh, all time or current. Let's do both. Uh, all time would be the original Knight Rider. Okay. Currently, Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. Favorite video game? This is a throwback, and we're coming up on the 20th anniversary of this game, MVP Baseball 2005. Very good. And last lightning round question. Favorite fandom? Hmm, that's interesting. Now you would probably you probably think I'd say something like Pokemon Go. Or you know my allegiance to the New York Yankees. I I'm going to give you three. I'll give you those two to start. So let's do Pokemon Go, the Yankees, and believe it or not, I'm going to throw out Magic the Gathering. Okay. So I've been playing that game on and off for so many years, and you know when I had some spare time at the end of last year, while I was in transition, started learning the game over again because there's so many different mechanics, there's so many different moves, and I tend to stick with one. I don't want to say format because everybody's like, oh, well, standard. Well, yeah, standard. But, you know, I love a good red deck wins or a good white weenie deck or something along the lines of that. And just learning, you know, the new mechanics and the new combinations and everything. It's it's always been fascinating to me. And I did think of one more lightning round question. I want to end with this one. All right. What do you miss most about living in New Jersey? Wawa. <laughs> <laughs> Fair but enough. We got a better Florida, so it's it's all good. So okay, now in all seriousness, yeah, Huawei would be there. But I tell you what, there is nothing, there is nothing like a fresh bagel in the morning. You go to a local bagel place. I'll give a, sh- a shout out to Hamburg Hot Bagels in Hamburg, New Jersey. Anytime that I'm out in Sussex County, I'll go over there. the The people that work there are really nice, very welcoming, and. Uh, a Taylor ham, egg, and cheese on a bagel. There's just, oh, you heavy. can't go wrong with that. Yeah. Love it. All right. So if people want to find you out there on social media, how can they do so? Um, they can go on Facebook. They can look for Rich Erd Locasio, R-I-C-H-A-R-D, because apparently Facebook wants me to be all official and everything. I'm surprised they didn't ask me for my middle name. So <laughs> so they can find me, Richard Locasio. Uh, I'm also on Instagram, uh, Rich Locasio. I'm also on X at X underscore Rich Locasio. Yeah, those are pretty much the main three. TikTok? Oh, yeah, Rich Rich Locasio. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> forget then, about that. I haven't done it in so long. So. No, that's okay. And then uh, how about those promotions? Who who should who should we be checking out? All right. So shout outs to where do I start? Um, let's start with Legacy Pro Wrestling. Uh, let's see. We're seeing Championship Wrestling. Uh, as I mentioned, Bruce City Wrestling with Frankie the Thumper DeFalco. MIAW with Angel Armani. Uh, let's see. ACW with uh, Hornswoggle. Let's see. Um, I mentioned Wrestling for a Cause. 
I mean, there's so many different promotions. This is a good problem to have ICW in Milwaukee. There, um, there, there's so many. There's three WW. You go down into Illinois. There's Pow Entertainment. Like, there, there's so many different promotions that I've either been to their shows or have worked on their shows, and and the list continues to grow. And I'm so thankful for that. And just networking with some of these different guys. So I'm going to tell you this quick story. Now, this this is a cool guy I met back in September. And I mention this now because now he just got signed to All Elite Wrestling, the bounty hunter. You know who I'm talking about. I met him back in September at Legacy Pro's uh, anniversary show. And I got a chance to meet Chavo Guerrero there, too. But Brian Keith, the bounty hunter, uh, I got a chance to meet him. He had a heck of a match night one of the uh, the Showcase of Champions so I, I have some autographed cards from him, and you know I saw him on AEW. I'm like, this is cool. And then he got signed. I'm like, there's nobody more deserving of being a part of that roster than the bounty hunter Brian Keith. Well, Rich, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. This was a very fun interview, and I very much appreciate your time. Hey, thank you so much, Chris. And I hope somebody learned something about the travel industry from this. Uh, Here's hoping. Ha- make a checklist. <laughs> that's that's what I right. make take, a checklist. Be make prepared. A I be mean, prepared exactly. Have fun. Have fun. Yeah, that's what it's all about. All right, guys. The Not So Humble Broadcast will be back next week with another guest right here on CKCC Radio. Until that time, be good to one another and just have a wonderful afternoon.